AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Damian Sassauer. Scarlett Foo on assignment today. We're talking baseball. <laughs> Opening day is right around the corner, and we've got a lot to talk about, especially with a bunch of new rules going into effect. That is right, Michael Barr. We also have some storylines to discuss from the World Baseball Classic, including some highlights like Trey Turner's go-ahead Grand Slam that sent Team USA to the semis. Turner to left field, and deep, Peralta back, it is gone! USA! What a swing! What a moment for Turner! But there are some lowlights like Mets star closer Edwin Diaz's injury. Mets GM Billy Epler talked to reporters soon after and gave a return timeline that Mets fans did not want to hear. General timeline for a surgery like this is about eight months, all right? Um, there are instances where uh, athletes have come back earlier, um, more around the six-month mark, um, but those um, those are a little bit more of the exception than the rule. Um, and so, uh, in this case, we won't update Edwin's timeline for a while. Mets GM Billy Epler talking to reporters about Edwin Diaz's knee injury that will likely keep him out of action this year. And that's not all. Jose Altuve got injured in this World Baseball Classic, and it's just piling up. With more on this to talk about uh, the Baseball Classic, and will owners say, you know what, you stay out of it? Uh, (laughs) MLB insider... Tom Verducci, also senior baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Tom, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, that you know, and that brings up the problems. Um, it, it's it's hard to tell an athlete now. You stay out of this, but boy, when when poor Edwin Diaz yeah. and he gets injured, and and he got injured celebrating, uh, it, it wasn't on a play. Uh, it's I mean, you feel bad. He he was in tears. Yeah, I mean, it really it was. He just had an incredible moment. Don't forget, he's pitching for his homeland of Puerto Rico. He's playing with his brother Alexis for the first time in the same baseball team. They just won a very emotional, huge game to advance. And in celebrating, that's when the injury happened. So he wasn't actually pitching in the tournament. I know people had criticized the tournament because it it makes players ramp up a little quicker than they normally would for a quote-unquote meaningless spring training game um 
But this is the hazards of playing baseball. I mean, the Dodgers shortstop Gavin Lux tore up his knee on a non-contact play in a spring training game. You know, it's not as if we're asking players to do something outside of the normal. It's just that there's a little more emotion in these games because people are fired up to play for their countries. And I think that's a good thing. And players certainly believe in it. I mean, the, the sign-up rate for this year, WBC, I think, was better than ever. We have more stars than ever playing in the game. And I know a team like the Mets or the Astros losing star players will second-guess the whole idea of the WBC. But keep in mind, this is a worldwide event, and the entire tournament over the course of two weeks is going to finish with an attendance of about 1.3 million fans going to these games. And that's more than five major league teams drew over the course of the entire season last year. There is demand. There is viewership. I mean, more people watch Korea play Japan than watch any (laughs) World Series game in history. So we can't be so short-sighted when we see a couple of injuries to say, let's get rid of it, because there's certainly demand and interest. Wow, 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 Tom. Uh, now you're talking my language. I mean, are we really living in Randy Rosarina's world? I mean, this guy is <laughs> killing it for Mexico. Randy Rosarina, ground ball. That's fair. Down the line. Maria scores. Thomas scores. Bars coming home. He will score. Mexico. Six to two. And then let's talk about Mike Trout. Let's talk about Shohei Otani. I mean, my goodness, some of these guys are stepping up on, on, on the world stage. I mean, there's a lot of good news coming out of the WBC, no? Yeah, there is. Uh, these are stars, international stars. And I love the fact now they, they play in sort of this unbridled way that we don't normally see in the course of a Major League Baseball season, right? I mean, 162 games, it, players are much more even keeled. Here it's like, Well, it's the equivalent of playing like back in high school or American Legion tournament where there's urgency to every game. And and you see guys really having fun. The USA team coming out of the dugout the way a lot of the Latin Latin American teams do with passion. Uh, Randy, as you mentioned, Rosarena, he's signing autographs, talking to fans in the course of the game. There's just a fun vibe to the whole atmosphere. They call it the Festival of Baseball. I think the fans get into it as well. I've never been in the ballpark where so many people bring musical instruments. <laughs> you know, there's just cheering and music all game long. Yeah, we're not talking about the Vuvuzelas. We're talking about actual instruments coming into the stadiums. It really is neat, and I even think of it like a spring training game uh, where the the players, as the game is going on, are signing autographs to the fans. I, I've always thought that was neat, and that's something baseball, especially with spring training, which is why I enjoy seeing the Tigers play at old good old Joker Market Stadium. <laughs> uh, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's one of my favorite times of year. I mean, for the spring training games, obviously nobody has lost an official game yet. So everybody's in a great mood. Everybody has hope. Uh, but I can tell you the star players who have participated in the WBC do compare the atmosphere to a postseason environment. You know, we have players who have won World Series games and say this is some of the loudest ballparks they've played well, in. Uh, the energy level is great. Well, Tom, I mean, did you? I mean, you must have seen that uh, that Japan Italy game, right, at the Tokyo Dome. I mean, it was. I mean, apparently, people who were in the audience said it was just like the World Series. I mean, it felt like. I guess Japan is the center of the baseball world, and that takes me to my question: Is it <laughs> right? I mean, they are playing out of their minds here, and it's not just you know Major League Baseball ball players; it's it's Japanese locals. I wonder, you know, what do you see there? I mean, is there some talent coming out of Japan that uh, that that will have? the Stevie Cohen's and the Mets of the world taking note? 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, really the best player in the world, most talented player, I, I think, is Shohei Otani, who came to the U.S. to play the major leagues at the age of 23. Uh, now there's sort of a next Otani. He's not a two-way player, but Roki Sasaki, Sasaki is a pitcher yeah. who has thrown a, a perfect game in, in Japan, and and he's looking forward to coming to the to the major leagues probably in a year or two. And we're talking about a pitcher who can throw 102 miles an hour. So <laughs> the talent level there is amazing. If you go back a generation or so ago, you know, a lot of people thought the, the baseball in Japan was sort of equivalent to AAA baseball or maybe, you know, they would call it 4A baseball. But I think that's outdated. I think the level of play has gotten so much better. Uh, there are more players who are going to come over and have success, and that's the key here. I mean, now players, uh, major league teams, look at the players in Japan and say, "We can." Pl- these are plug-and-play players. In the past, you yeah. weren't sure how their numbers would translate, but my goodness, that, that to me was the favorite coming into the tournament, the Japanese team, and, and I don't think they've done anything to dissuade you that. Tom, you can always tell when baseball season is about to begin in earnest because I've already done some baseball drafts. And I'm looking at one team that uh, I had to draft Friday, and I'm thinking, oh, man, it's the best team 2015 can offer. And <laughs> everybody's criticizing their teams right now. But the good thing about that is it forces people, fantasy baseball, to stay up, not just on your favorite team, but all over both leagues. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. I mean, baseball has, as we know, the language of the game really is statistics. And to get involved in the game through the stats and and following your favorite players uh, is really a cool thing. And especially with baseball, I mean, it happens every day, right? So you either feel great or you feel bad on a daily basis. (laughs) The roller coaster of the season applies to the fans following the game that way. So it's a great way for fans to get engaged by, by getting involved in fantasy games. And, you know, the worst thing to happen, obviously, is, is when players get hurt as well. Yeah. So people are keeping an eye on every small injury in the course of the season, not just the stats. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier in the conversation, we mentioned Shohei Atani, we mentioned Mike Trout, we mentioned the Angels. You know, we know that owner Art Marino had pulled the team off the market after indicating he was initially looking to sell. I mean, my goodness, I mean, what should we expect from the Angels this year? And from these two players, I mean, do we expect them to play out the duration of this year with the Angels? Or could we look for maybe some sort of a blockbuster before the season ends? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Well, Mike Trout's not going anywhere. His contract is locked in. I don't think he's given any indication that he would even ask for a trade. But Shohei Otani is a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, there will not be any talks with the Angels in the course of this season. He will play it out. Mm-hmm. And Artie Moreno told me that he will not trade Shohei during the course of the season as long as the team is in contention. And they probably will be. You know, the Angels have had a, a terrible run here. Otani has never even played on a winning team with the Angels, which is hard to believe. <laughs> and, you know, I think to, to qualify for the postseason now, or at least to be in the mix, you can play about 500 baseball for the first three months of the season right. before the trade deadline, and I think the Angels are capable of that. But once he hits the market as a free agent, uh, he'll probably price himself out of the Angels. Uh, we're talking the numbers now are just you know we're talking about someone who might get 500 million dollars over 10 or more years. Wow. He's just you know a great drawing card as as well being a fantastic player. One thing that has changed this season: new rules. And there are a bunch of them. I, I still have to get used to the pizza boxes bases because they they are larger. I you know it, it. Alex Cora said it the best that they. But I get why they did it. Why baseball did it because it makes the game safer. Uh, and hopefully you'll have less injuries because it's much harder for uh, a player for, to crowd for Vladimir the base. Guerrero Jr. to steal bases? I mean, yeah. is that going to really make less injury? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's like, I, I, I love this. The pitch clock is, what, what well, do you think you about can only turn, Right, you can only turn to first base once or twice yeah. or three times. I mean, like, there's some real rules to really speed up the game. Yeah, I mean, I like Tom, it. tell us about, like, what do you think is going to have the greatest impact on, on, on the pace of play? Yeah, I think the greatest impact is going to be the pitch timer. That pitchers now are forced with nobody on base to throw a pitch within 15 seconds or with a runner on base 20 seconds. And already you've seen in spring training games, it makes a world of difference. I call it a state of readiness where in the past years, I mean, let's face it, watching a baseball game, there was just too much dead time. Players walking out of the batter's box or pitchers walking out off the back of the mound. Uh, now you just can't do that. Right. You just yeah. People are ready to play because that clock is on you very quickly. A batter has to be in the box looking at the pitcher with eight seconds left on the clock. So as a fan, not only are you getting home at a decent hour on a weeknight (laughs) if you go to the ballpark, but you're engaged in every single pitch because the ball is going to be put in play more. You mentioned the bigger bases. You'll probably have more stolen bases, which we have seen in spring training. There's just going to be more action in a shorter period of time. And I've said this for the last few years. Baseball has had, and it wasn't by design, but it worked out this way, the worst possible formula in today's really crowded landscape of entertainment options. And that is to give people less action over more time. Nobody wants that in today's world, right? So this is finally going to flip the script where you're going to get more action in less time. Well, Tom, you know, I mean, for me, the onus, I always thought the onus was on the pitchers taking too much time, but you make a great point. The fact that batters can now get called with an automatic strike within that eight seconds if they, or if they step out of the box, you know, more than once per appearance, you know, I mean, it's really become, who do you think dictates the pitch count now? Is it the pitcher? Is it the batter? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think based on what I've seen in spring training, it it puts, I think more power in the hands of the pitcher. I, I think he can sort of, the pitcher can sort of hurry up the batter and move things along. And we've all, we've always heard for years that a pitcher who works quickly 
has an advantage in part because his defenders behind him are always on their toes and ready instead of falling asleep by a guy taking some long between pitches. So I think in the early part of the season, you might have pitchers having the edge. But don't forget, the the hitters have a big edge this year as well, and that is no more shifts on defense. Yeah, yeah. There's left-handed hitters who've got the batter's box, and they look to the right side of the field, and there's, like, no room to get a base hit because it's crowded with bodies. Now are literally seeing the field open up to them. And I do think that's going to add 10 to 15 points overall to the major league batting average. I think so many more singles will happen. And, of course, that means more base runners, more threats of stolen bases. All these things are good for fans. I mean, I know Major League Baseball did this in great response to what do fans want and what do they don't want. And uh, they don't like pickoffs. They like stolen bases. They like the ball in play. So these things are all geared to really appeasing what fans want when they go to a ballpark or watch on television. Now, I like to call it when the batter steps out of the batter's box and there's a strike. I like to call it a, a batter's balk. That, that's 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 going to be my term. You can use it. You can take it. It's a batter's balk. That's it. But one thing that I've said and I don't like, but, you know, like I have influence at MLB, the Ghost Runners. I hated it then. I hate it now. But it's going to be here to stay. Yeah, for me, I think it's an acquired taste, and I actually acquired that taste. <laughs> I first was thinking, you know, that just sounds too weird by putting a guy on second base who didn't earn his way there. But I can tell you that it, it's it, to me it introduces a little more strategy in the game. At a time when extra inning games sometimes are boring because everybody's waiting for a home run, you start with a rally right in the middle of things, yeah. and you bunt the guy over, you know, how if you score in the top of the first, how do you play the bottom, or bottom of the tenth? It's interesting strategically to me, and it does succeed in getting games over quicker. So um, I, I think what happens is baseball generally has been the only sport where if you have a close game and it's dragging through the night, people actually leave the ballpark. They paid for these tickets. It's a close game, but they're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> but I think now with, with the games are faster and now with the extra inning rule where the games do send, tend to end in the 10th inning, maybe the 11th, they stick around for that. So I think the fans are starting to grow uh, to like that. You know, Tom, you grew up a Met fan. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. So let's talk about the one team that we can both agree upon, the Houston Astros, the defending champs, right? <laughs> um, you know, we've got Jose Altuve now out with a fractured thumb for how, however long, right? I mean, I don't think Jordan Alvarez has even played yet this spring, right? So, you know, still, if I look at, you know, uh, Las Vegas betting lines, it's the Astros as the odds-on favorite to win the uh, the championship this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would have to say they're still the favorites because their pitching is so good. Yeah. And Jose Altuve will be back. There's no doubt that's a huge hit for about two months. Uh, he's really the heart and soul of that team. He makes them go. But that division is a bear when you talk about the, the Mariners, who were a playoff team last yep. year. I think the Texas Rangers are going to be a sleeper team in the American League. I really think they improved themselves a lot. And we talked about the Angels. The Angels are a better team. So the path to the World Series, again, for the Astros, is more difficult this year. You mentioned the injuries to Alvarez and Altuve, but I think the competition is tougher. But I still look at their pitching and the way that team is posted every year. You look up every year, and there they are in the ALCS at least. Uh, I'm going to defer to form in this case and not not question the Astros. (laughs) 
Our thanks to Tom Verducci for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Tom has covered the game for more than 40 years and is currently an MLB Network Insider, Fox Sports broadcaster, and a senior columnist for Sports Illustrated. He is a five-time Emmy Award winner, two-time National Magazine Award finalist, and if that's not enough, two-time New York Times best-selling author and a member of the National Sports Media Association Hall of Fame. Tom, thank you, sir, for joining us right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports, sir. My pleasure, guys. Happy opening day. Woo-hoo! This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Damian Sassauer. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. And catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And you can get me on Twitter at D Sassauer. You are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.